Tonight's a little bit unusual, and, and it's not something we can do all the time, but I felt like tonight, with being the first night of October for our Sunday service, and um, the many things we're trying to do, I felt like we can make the service a little bit about the ordination and the importance of ordination. We have two of our men, if you looked in your, in your bulletin today, you'll see each of their names and their testimonies of salvation called to ministry. You'll meet them, and you'll meet their wife tonight, and and uh, they'll say a word or two. I'll have them just give a quick reading to you. But one of the most beautiful things in the Bible uh, that uh, I love and appreciate is the fact that a local church is a place where God's word is heard, God's son is exalted, and God's love is felt, and his people are developed. People are developed. Everyone who's a pastor today had to be saved. Someone had to share the gospel with them. Both of the men have testimonies of when they got saved. Then they came to church like this one, and God began to provoke their heart. He, did, he visited them for the call of ministry. And uh, now both of these men have been asked to pastor churches, and uh, they are asking to be ordained. Now, I don't know everything about ordination. We read the passage of Scripture tonight in, in Mark chapter 3. We'll go back there in a few moments. But Jesus, when he came, he obviously came for one main reason, and that was to give his life a ransom for many. He wanted to die for our sin. It was, it was God's plan that his father would bruise him for our iniquities. By his stripes that were put on Jesus, that would take his life, humanly speaking, they were for our sin. We know that's why he came. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Okay? But probably second to that, the most important thing that Jesus did and was in his heart the whole time he was in earthly ministry was developing others, was training the 12. Now he had many disciples. He had 12 apostles. One of them, Judas, did not do well and killed himself. There were 11 left. Matthias was substituted in there, and he was used, but we don't have much about him. Paul seems to be the 13th disciple that was chosen and born out of due time, uh, primarily an apostle sent to the Gentiles. Now, the apostles means a sent one, someone who has been sent. The apostles did not stay, those 12 disciples did not stay in Jerusalem their entire ministry. The exception of James, who was the brother of John, and he was uh, killed by Herod. His head was taken off, and as soon as that happened, it became apparent to the rest of the disciples that they needed to move on. And Peter left after he was released from the prison. It seemed like everybody else, Thomas, went to India. They went to different locations. But the Bible's very clear that Jesus ordained 12 that they would be with him. And he would train them, and then he would send them forth to preach the gospel. In the New Testament, going further, we find more things. We see the model of Jesus. We see the early church. Then in, in, in the book of uh, the pastoral epistles of 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, we see that God uses, and Paul has this instruction. Maybe it was the three years that he was in Arabia learning from Jesus personally. Maybe is what he learned from the, the apostles that he hung around, and, and whether it be Peter or, 
or John or some of the others that he, that he worked with. But we do know that there were acts of laying on of the hands. Uh, it was not to fight someone. It was to put their hands on someone and to ordain them to the gospel ministry. Matter of fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, Paul warns Timothy, lay hands on no man suddenly. Don't do it just because they're your brother-in-law. Don't do it just because you think they're, they're a good person. He says, you make sure that these men be first proved and evaluated. Now, we don't know how to do that all the way together, but I do think there's wisdom. He, says, I, he said, some men, their sin is going to be obvious from the very beginning. Some men, you can spend a few minutes with them and you can say, this man, this family is not ready to pastor people or to be ordained to the ministry. Maybe they will be one day, but their sin right now is not good. Other men, their sin will follow after. And so the, the challenge that God gave to, to Timothy through Paul is, look, don't be quick to just ordain every man who comes along. Number two, he said, uh, he said, when you do that, don't lay hands. But he, he oftentimes referred Timothy back to his ordination. He told Timothy several times, stir up the gift of God that is in you, which was given to you by the laying on of my hands. In a few moments, both of these men are going to kneel and we're going to touch them and we're going to touch someone who's touching them and we're going to pray for them. It's not a spooky thing, but it is based upon what God has already done in their heart. God has already called them to ministry. We have sat down with them and listened to their call of ministry, their salvation experience. We've listened to their wife's testimony of salvation. We've observed them. Neither one of these men and no one who's ever been ordained apart from Jesus, and he wasn't ordained, uh, is perfect. We're all just human dirt pots that God has allowed to serve him. However, they're not perfect men, but after counsel and meeting with men who have been ordained and also uh, our uh, representation for men from our deacon board, we believe with great confidence that they have, um, they have been um, sanctioned by the Lord to, to ministry. And we're so grateful for that. And the Bible tells us, I don't know everything that will be different tomorrow morning when Daniel Martinez and Brother Jose Chavez wake up tomorrow morning, how it will be different tomorrow morning on Monday than it was this morning when they woke up. But my, my premonition is, my thought is, they will have a confidence to lead the church family that God gave them to lead. He will have a confidence that comes from the Lord and a gift to, to lead. And that's why Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift. Neglect not the gift that was given to you by the laying on the hands of the presbytery. Don't neglect your responsibility to lead. These are great men of God, and I thank God for them. I'm going to share with you a passage of Scripture, and then we're going to have them come, and I want you to hear their testimonies and just to learn a little bit about them, and then we will we'll continue with the service tonight. Would you go to Mark chapter 3? Would you look there, if you would, please? Mark chapter 3, I just want to give them some advice, and you can listen as well. In verse number 13 of chapter 3, the Bible is now in the third chapter of Mark. Of course, Jesus has, um, there is no uh, record of his birth, because in Mark, he's a servant. Matthew, he's a king. Boy, you got to know who your daddy is if you're a king. And so his lineage is given. 
His birth is given. In, in Luke, he's a man, so they give his they give his, uh, his 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 mother's side. And then in John, he's God, so it just starts out in the beginning, God. He just he 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 was God, and and that's who he was. Was the Word? The Word's with God, and the Word was God. But in Mark, he's a servant, and a servant, a slave. No one cares who your daddy is. So there is no record of his birth. But as he comes on the scene, you can see him very in the book of Mark. But God gives Mark the wisdom and the inspiration to record the, the assembly of these 12 men. And we learn a couple things in there I think can be helpful. Look at verse 13, if you would please, together. The Bible says, and he goeth up into a mountain. So he goes into a secluded place, and he calls unto him whom he would, and they came unto the church. Is that what your Bible says? They came unto him. Minist you know, we are not called to the ministry. We're called to Jesus. You know, I, I love being the pastor of this church, and I hope that the Lord will let us continue our, our ministry and our partnership for many years to come. But I wasn't called uh, first to First Baptist Church of Hammond. I was called to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm very thankful for that. And every person who is called is not called to ministry. They're called to him. And he said, these folks are called to him. He, he ordained 12 that they would be with him. And that's verse number, verse number 14. And he ordained 12 of the disciples that were there. There were other people who followed him, but he picked 12 of them that they should be with him, that he might send them forth to preach. I want to just to say to Daniel and, and also to Brother Jose. And Brother Jose is back over here. Daniel's here. They'll both be up here in just a few moments. But your first responsibility is faithfulness to God. Then faithfulness to your spouse, your wife, to your family. And then to the ministry that God gave you. But that's the requirement. Requirement is faithful. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I... Uh, I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's what Paul said, that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Your requirement is faithfulness. It's one of the things we're evaluated your life about, even in just, to, just to be in good conscience, saying, yes, we agree with God, you've been called, is your faithfulness. Number two, I want you to notice not only the requirement, but notice here real quick the response is submission. One thing I love about the disciples, when you study them, you realize that they didn't argue with Jesus no matter what he asked them to do. They didn't understand him. They had a lot more questions than answers because his ways are higher than our ways. But they learned to submit to him. What he asked them to do, they did it. Now, I want to encourage you, uh, brother, brother Chavez and Brother Martinez, to do what God wants you to do, be a submissive servant to the Lord. There will be pressures from the pew. Sometimes there are people in church who want us to do something that just doesn't side with what God wants us to do. We have to say, okay, I've got to obey God rather than man. There are pressures from the inside of me that sometimes want me to do things that, that uh, are not what God wants. I need to yield my will to what God... One of the things we learned about Jesus... He did all those things that would please the Father. In John chapter 8, verse 29, the Bible says, Not my will, but thine be done. 
So our, our response is submission. Our relationship is Jesus. Requirement, faithfulness. Response, submission. Relationship is first and foremost with Christ. And he ordained 12 that they would be with him. And I want to encourage you, Brother Daniel, Brother Jose, and everyone who's listening, all of us cannot be a pastor, and most of us will never be ordained to the ministry. But we're all responsible to do these things, to be faithful, to be submissive, and to develop a deep relationship with Christ. Everything that's good that will come to your life will come because of Jesus, your faith, your submission, and your time with him. Then he gave them a responsibility to get the gospel out. Now, to preach. Oftentimes when we hear the word preach in the Bible, we think it's always in a room with a pulpit. And yes, that's what I'm doing right this very moment in some ways. But, but preaching was to proclaim, to get the truth out. Uh, even, uh, even girls who go soul winning are preaching the gospel. They're not doing it in a, in a corporate setting and not, not usurping authority over men, but everybody is called to preach the gospel to every creature. But he would send these ones out to proclaim the gospel of Christ. And I would say that every one of us, that all the things we're asking of Daniel and, and Jose in the scriptures, and that Jesus asked of his disciples, we may not always be disciples, but we ought to be qualified to do that by our faithfulness, by our submission by our relationship with God, and by the proclamation of the gospel of Christ. Listen, everybody ought to be a soul winner. It ought to bother you if it's been a while since you've led someone to the Lord. It ought to bother you whenever you've gone years knowing someone they're not yet saved. You ought to continue to pray for them. Your neighbors, learn their names. Get a passion, get a burden for them. Keep gospel tracts and use them to extend it to someone. Everybody ought to be called to preach. That's one of the things God wants to do. He wanted to call them to preach, to get the gospel out. And then the last thing we find here uh, in this passage of Scripture is the resource. And the resource was Jesus himself. In Matthew chapter 28, he said, All power is given unto me, not in heaven and earth. He's talking to Jesus, talking of himself. And that same power has been given to you. Everything you need, Brother Daniel, everything you need, Brother Jose, Doreen, everything you're going to need, and, and Mariah, everything you're going to need is going to be wrapped up in the person of Jesus. Because where he guides, he provides. He'll give you what you need, whether it be strength to keep going. Sometimes it's challenging to know what to do as a leader with God. But you know, God can help us do anything we're supposed to do. And he can help you because he is our resource. And that's why prayer is so important. Because prayer can do anything God can do, and God can do anything. The problem is with prayers, we're way too strong. We're way too independent. We're way too dependent upon ourselves. I want to challenge you men. I want to challenge you, Doreen, and you, Mariah, to be faithful prayer warriors for the Lord. And I want to challenge this as a church. There are many people yet to be called to the ministry and others who need to be ordained to the ministry in time to come. I don't go around and say, hey, get them to see me, I want to ordain you. That's not what I do. 
I believe that God will, he'll, 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 he'll lead uh, the church, he'll also lead the pastor, he'll lead that person to know what the timing is on that situation. And James said, be not many masters, knowing you'll receive the greater condemnation. If you ever get ordained, you better understand that it comes with responsibility and opportunities. I don't want to scare anyone. I'm just telling you, you want to know this, what God wants for you. We're glad as a church to have a part in this real quickly.